this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about prophets. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Goddess. Got it. Hello and welcome to Strong Women Power Hour. I am your host and women's empowerment specialist, Kelly Hickey. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Strong Women Co. for motivational and inspirational posts. And you can also check us out at strongwomenco.com for our programs. And for those in the St. John's area, we'll be uh, at the Some Good Market on March 16th with some brand new empowering uh, and goddess products. Uh, super excited about that. But today, I am so proud, excited, happy to share with you this International Women's Day special that we have in store for you. Uh, it's a, it was a real treat to do. It's a real treat to share. Um, it's a wonderful, fun conversation between myself and three other uh, women. And these women are amazing. Uh, we have uh, Serogeny from uh, the Caribbean. Renata, she's lived all over. Teresa's from Nigeria, and all of us are now have uh, St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada as our home base. Um, my goodness, uh, we talk about learning, we talk about ambition, we talk about walking our own paths, we talk about honoring ourselves, about being comfortable in our own skin. Uh, we talk about having ambition as women. We talk about motherhood. We talk about um, you know just figuring out our way and our path and our journeys through womanhood, and, and it's so so fun. Oh, we talk about fashion. That was, that was a good fun part. Uh, there's a lot of love and light and truth and laughter in this show, and I really hope it serves you well. Uh, whenever you get women together, it's just a, um, a magical, <laughs> magic, magic occurs. Uh, and it was a great honor to be a part of that International Women's Day um, special here at CHMR. And special thanks to Hans Roman for um, helping us out with the sound and then editing it um, so that we could promote it this week. So huge thanks to all the women. Um, I know you're going to enjoy this, this conversation. And so uh, it'll go a little bit different in this podcast today, this radio show, but you guys, you'll go with the flow. So we'll take our, just a couple of our breaths here now at the beginning to gather our whole selves up. Just consciously close your eyes if you can. Gather up all those pieces of yourselves that you may have strewn about. And then we're going to take one beautiful big collective breath together let it out with a sigh and then we're going to dig in do the magic of the international women's day hour long special all right so gathering up all those pieces of yourself be nice condensed you you are whole you are happy breathing in through the nose nice and big hold and let it out with a sigh all right, let's do this. This day we're celebrating women. Yes, my beautiful people, it's The View from the Rock, an International Women's Day special from CHMR 93.5 FM or chmr.ca you're going to be listening to for about the next hour 
Four badass feminists talking about women's empowerment in Newfoundland and Labrador and beyond. So here in the studio, we have with us Renata Lang, student activist, Kelly Hickey, founder of Strong Women Company, Teresa Izuko. Teresa is a creative writer and author and your humble host, Sorogeny radio host of Caribbean Connections. So, just a little intro on Teresa Uchechi Zuko. Teresa is a creative writer and author of four lovely books. She is also a public speaker and the creator of the show Inspirational Timeout with Teresa Izuko. She's a member of the board with St. John's Public Library and also a member of board with the Writers Guild of Newfoundland and Labrador. She is a mentor with Coursera on the Creative Writing Specialization program, Renata Lang. At 25 years young, Renata is an activist and community organizer, makeup artist, longtime undergrad student, health and wellness nut, while mixed race and living with learning and invisible disabilities, she strives to use her intersections to learn from and empower others. Kelly, Kelly Hickey is a proud Newfoundlander who lives downtown St. John's with her husband, three-year-old daughter, Violet, and Beagle Daisy. She is the founder and director of Strong Women Co., a women's empowerment business that offers one-on-one coaching, corporate workshops, and online programs. You can follow Kelly at Strong Women Co. on Facebook and Instagram for inspiring and motivational posts. If you are looking for a tribe to help support you through the journey of womanhood, join the Strong Women Co. tribe. Kelly also puts out a women's empowerment podcast every other Saturday, which you can listen to on CHMR or subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Mm, thanks, dear. And you have me, your humble host, Sorogeny, the host of this program, Caribbean Connections. My dear sisters, welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Oh, Thanks, Mom. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. So <laughs> we are going to have a great discussion, guys. I mean, you, we all have done so many beautiful and wonderful stuff. And I know this hour or a little bit more, we can't really discuss everything we've done. But today, we're going to feature or we're going to focus on this badass thing. So I'm going to start with you, Teresa. What did you do to get to be this badass, awesome woman? Tell me about the challenges you faced and how you overcame them. Oh, well, thank you, Jenny, for this opportunity today. Um, actually, it's, um, it's a long story, but I think I would try to summarize it here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Spilled so as, as an author, um, what I've done here is um, it hasn't been an easy road and it seemed to be impossible at first, but later on, um, I was able to, you know, I told myself, you know what, I want more out of life. Like, mm-hmm. I want more for myself. Absolutely. And how am I able to get more for myself? 
That means that there has to be sacrifice. There has to be hard work. There has mm-hmm. to be some kind of determination and perseverance as well. Absolutely. And at some point in my life, being a mom was, you know, it was more like a bittersweet experience because um, I wasn't sure if being a mom was um, would allow me to be what I want to be mm-hmm. or do what I want to do. You know, there's so much... Um, you can do this right now because you have to wait for your kids to grow up and do this mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. do that. And, you know, the whole thing became so overwhelming. And so what I what I did was I told myself, you know what, by the time my kids grow up, I'm going to be old. You have three beautiful, awesome kids. So your hands are pretty full, my dear. Oh, thanks, Jeannie. Right? Thanks for that. You're but welcome. I mean, the reality is by the time they grow up, I'm not going to have so much age by my side. And yeah. who wants to listen to a probably 50-year-old author? <laughs> you know, I might not even have I do. the energy <laughs> or stamina to do what I need to do, you yeah. know? Yeah. So when did you have this um, epiphany then that look I'm gonna do what it takes to make me this person yeah okay so after my third child was born I knew that I had to come out like um, I felt like I have been putting myself away mm-hmm. for a long time and I felt like I have been hiding inside this cocoon mm-hmm. and making so much excuses you know telling myself that i have to raise some kids mm-hmm. and allow them grow up mm-hmm. but after the third one was but i was like okay you know what that's it so yeah. i had like manuscripts that i was already writing mm-hmm. and um you know i what i needed to do was a little bit of um touch up you know i went through the manuscripts and um i tried to um i tried to put out my imagination to a more modernized approach to writing and everything. So what I did then was, uh, so I started, um, you know, listening to online creative writing programs, listening to online workshops while mm-hmm. my baby slept. Uh-huh. And um, I started reaching out to organizations and people like minds that, you know, authors like me that will you know, something to encourage me, something to tell me that there is light at the end of that tunnel, you yeah, know? Yeah, and with this day and age of the <laughs> oh, internet, yeah, you know, exactly. your baby could be sleeping and you're exactly, in the next Exactly, that's the point. You know, and like I said, this people. has to come through, like, determination because if my baby was sli- was sleeping, I mean, I could, I could fall asleep and sleep as well. Yeah, there was yeah. no one that said I had to do what I had to do. Yes. But yes. I, ha- I knew I had to give up something to get something. Awesome. Uh, you know, Teresa, I couldn't agree with you. More, but we're <laughs> going to hear from this millennial sitting here on my left, my daughter, Renata. Renata, share some of your experiences that made you come out of this cocoon, lack of a better word, too, what for does, you. Yeah, and I kind of think about the, what we're discussing. What does being a badass mean to me? And I would say that pursuing, I mean, to start, being a student pursuing whatever program or field that you feel in your gut that not only interests you but getting a sense of what you're good at and so that was some of the best advice I got while going through university Mm -hmm. and connecting with other female professors and having that validation from a professor who I admire so much you know maybe has their PhD has written Mm -hmm. of course tons of, of pieces is getting awards for their teaching and research and then telling me, you know, you belong here. Mm. 
And you served um, on Munsu when the entire executive was women, right? That's right. So how yeah. did you feel about well, I was that? Well, I was going to get to that on oh, my student okay. journey. Got to leave <laughs> things to... <laughs> I'm sorry. Also, our beautiful host. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we know what they're thinking, right? You know, okay, sorry, girl. You go ahead, badass girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll mention this briefly, but I'll give more details later and seeing mm-hmm. where the conversation goes. But yeah, yeah. so... So, of course, my my student journey also was um, choosing to run for the students' union, but I was encouraged by friends to do that. And at first I was a representative, so we're only there kind of piecemeal, you know, doing our part here and there. And as my term as as a rep came uh, came to an end, one of the current executives told me, you really can do this. And sometimes we think to ourselves, maybe I should. It's wondering whether or not to take that leap. We'll come up with reasons why we shouldn't do something right. and to hold ourselves back. Not often we'll admit mm-hmm. maybe publicly, but internally, I think fighting those inner doubts and those voices inside your head. And yeah, so my very first term as an executive on the Students' Union here at campus was with all women. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was... Um, not only really beautiful symbolically, but the actual energy that manifested in that office was really something different. Actually, it was an office of entirely women, except for Hans over there on the other side <laughs> of the mic. Okay. Hans Shout is everywhere. Hans. So everywhere. maybe another time he could speak to what uh, working there was yeah. like. But yeah, I remember the a lot of the staff saying, you know, with this group of, of executive, the the energy and the way in which you folks run things, it, it really feels really different and really supportive. And we're going to get back to your great stories we want to hear from <laughs> kelly come on kelly give it to us so i'm be, straight being a badass <laughs> um it's uh I, I love this topic because i think it's something that's being embraced now particularly uh with women young women or women of all ages but when i think about being a badass it's kind of like going against the grain it's kind of like being that rebel being that kind of revolutionary and walking to the beat of your own drum and to, if you are a woman um in this society and if particularly if you're a woman of color um, or, or have a disability or have, you know, LBGT, if you're not in the exact mainstream of uh, the narrative experience that goes around, um, you've really got to find your own way. Mm-hmm. You've got it. You are you are a trailblazer. Um, this and the smallest things can be a, a revolutionary kind of act. Um, so I've kind of looking back. I guess I was always a badass. Uh, but I it, for me, it's just I'm just uh, I'm a big Libra. I'd uh. want equality and harmony, and I have to speak out against whenever I don't see equality and harmony. So it's been kind of like a multi level uh, also process for my own identity and self and, and you a went journey. Through, sorry, some challenges yourself. You oh know, my goodness, even on your. Uh, journey in the world of academia and outside of that yeah so. sure yeah and it's you know I I, uh, I rose to the occasion and numerous times just to be, be a leader or whatever whenever I saw someone was uh, being treated badly so uh, just in my own kind of uh, resume uh, I've been you know union leaders union organizers uh, and uh, I've, I've done a lot of that work mm-hmm. um, but honestly what my soul's calling is and this is the kind of finding a way to be your own badass is uh, my soul's calling is to help women and yes. to empower women. And uh, and I do that because I have this sincere belief in women. And also it's beyond, I, I, I'm, I'm a left and a right brain kind of gal. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just so much data that mm-hmm. shows that if you put more women in decision-making bodies, 
more women are taught with leadership, you know, uh, empowered, just like just like what Renata was saying, you know, mm-hmm. being encouraged by people. That, that that then the the more women who are at decision making tables, the better those decisions, the more holistic those decisions, the more environmentally mm-hmm. friendly, uh, the more family focused. You know, no matter what decision table that is, if it's a family table or if it's you know town council or you know the federal mm-hmm. government and so um that's where i am i i think about the world and how we only got about 50 years about going the way right we are now yeah and so that we've got to have some really big changes in mm-hmm. our decision making and our thinking and i sincerely believe that uh, empowering women to speak up and to trust themselves uh, and to be the badasses and to go yes. against that grain that mm-hmm. is actually part of uh, a world uh, with, a, with a with an actual future and hopefully mm-hmm. a brighter future yes. than if um you know we keep kept going along the way where women are a minority on all, uh, all tables and to add to what you're saying i mean i grew up in a pretty strict household my formative years were in guyana south america and parents are very strict over there and women were not encouraged as they are today mm-hmm, over mm-hmm. there to go into academics or to do things that boys did or men did. So for me, um, growing up was also like being in a shell. And it wasn't until two, and you mentioned education, such a powerful tool. It wasn't until I went to university and saw a different world. You know, folks Mm -hmm. from so many different countries, nationalities, religious, various religious backgrounds, and seeing that I can be a part of that. And you're probably looking at in my early 20s and over the years um, just getting better at being assertive I mean I've gone through some pretty tough times in my workplace as well Mm -hmm. but again it's overcoming it and at first I took it personally so Mm. it affected the way I did things but then I sat back and again people mentoring you giving you examples and I can share with all of you it's up to you you have to make that change. And I really see a lot of good women out there. I mean, I've been in Newfoundland 11 plus years now, and it was very difficult at first, not knowing anyone, not knowing what to do, where to go, and then meeting folks little by little. Of course, Renata and and her entourage and big circle of (laughs) friends, I've met a lot of wonderful people. And through CHMR, I've met you awesome women. So again, it's the connections. Mm -hmm. And I'm beginning to see, I I used to take my connections for granted in my 20s. Oh, I'll see them again. But now everybody I meet, I look at that as an opportunity mm-hmm. to better myself, you know, and great women, like how can you not admire them for what they've done? And Teresa, you've been in Newfoundland four years and I know you also have challenges, you've had challenges and you're going through some. So what are some of the things you're doing because you wanna be this assertive woman doing wonderful things. You have a family here. You're new here. Your husband's working. I mean, you got to be like a superwoman. We all have mm-hmm. to be to carry on life, cooking, cleaning, making something for our life. Keeping children you? alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we would give them craft dinner every night. Not every night. <laughs> so what are you doing, girl? Let me hear your badass challenges. Oh, no. um, typically, I do know all women are strong, regardless of um, if they've discovered who they are or what they want to be, what they want to do, kids or no kids, whatever the case may be. I believe 
believe all women are really strong. And um, there's really something in us, like there is really something that is that possesses everything about us when we, you know, when we're trying to get something done. Okay, so we're trying to, we're trying to. I'm trying to write a book. I'm trying to um, edit my books, go into my manuscript, uh, feed three hungry children. Um, attend to uh, our busy husband you know it's just crazy and things keep going on and on and non-stop you know so it feels like actually the funny thing is the moment one of these stop i become really worried because i'm used to like doing all these things so you become really worried like oh no i want to like you start missing those busy days that when you have to like do everything at the same time of course yeah so um when when i eventually published my first book um i told myself this is not enough yes like i want more you know you can say that you know oh she's greedy oh what she's too ambitious yeah but i am ambitious i love to be ambitious Uh, i don't know your kids will see what you're doing exactly yeah and yeah yeah, and um it's funny because our kids look at us and um they they want to be like us they want to the you're an inspiration to them okay um i had my 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 daughter one day to mom mom i googled your name you're all over google oh Oh, yeah i know that's That's (laughs) gonna google me that's amazing (laughs) but that's a big compliment yeah i mean you know it's like mom you're popular you're all over google oh wait i'm like well you know i got you got to do some things you gotta uh, yeah Yeah. work hard and um be who you want to be and you will be on google as well And, and kelly violet is still quite young so how is she seeing you this super mom doing super things that's, how is that's she- really super sweet uh, <laughs> to say that. uh before we get into that i just when you said uh you know more than one book oh she's too ambitious it just made me think is like has a man any man ever in the history of the world been told he's too ambitious no, <laughs> right? So it's like it's like, and it's almost yeah. like it's a bad thing. Like you know, it's it's, it's such a silly it's with the double standard, because yeah, I'm also a woman uh, who has huge ambition, and I, that's a word I use now. I wouldn't even be comfortable about using that a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, but I mean that's undeniable, and it's not. It's it's more like I have a soul's calling Mm -hmm. and a soul's path, Mm -hmm. and it's when I deny that soft soul voice inside of me that I get like, it manifests in distress or physical illnesses or all these things so it's kind of like you know people I've had a woman say to me uh, who we were in a circle and she said oh Kelly I wish I had the courage you had to speak and it's like it's not courage it's if I don't speak my soul freaks out so yeah. it's sometimes it's kind of uh, funny where people will ask me these questions it's like listen you don't know what it's like in my head if mm-hmm. I just like sat on my hands or um, but with, when I think about like Violet so what's really cool is your children are your mirrors and I thought that I had wouldn't be able to be who I am and have a mom. Like I was never planning on being a mom, mm-hmm. and um, I got pregnant. I think 33, 34, something like that. And uh, I was not ready before that. I was not ready. I had even considered getting my tubes tied in my late twenties because I was just like, I'm not mom material. Like I just didn't want to. So how do you feel now? I well, obviously I feel amazing. Exactly. Uh, but, but it was it was about finding the right partner too. It was after yes. I found the right partner. It's like, oh, I could be attached to you my whole life. Like yes. I just hadn't found a partner that I could do that with. But what is so amazing is 
being a mom has made me so much more of a badass than I ever was before. Um, well, first of all, you have less time to be self-indulgent, right? Oh, yeah. You have less time to like worry about things. Like yes. I, I just don't have the time to worry about what if, what if. Like, no, I only I got this. I, I got yeah. the, the amount of things I get done in 20 minutes yeah. is like shocking. The amount of things I get done in a day. Cause Girl, I'm like, tell me I'm, about I'm, that. I'm, I'm running like a whole, a whole business, you know, like uh, yeah. before my, uh, before I even get up, like usually Violet has come and snuggled into me in the morning, right? Yes. And, um, I go to my phone and then like I'm already on my social media for my, my company. I'm already posting things like already as I'm getting breakfast, you know, listening to the podcast, getting up uh, up to date on, uh, you know, being a good citizen, knowing what's mm-hmm. going on in the world. There's, there's a lot going on. But what I do love about um, my current kind of life, uh, uh, how, how it's worked out is I get to be a badass in the way that I want to be yes, a badass. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I admire you women so much. I mean, we share so much about feeding a family, taking care of them, trying to do something special, our passion, put it out there and don't make compromises and apologies. And Renata, mm. why, why don't you tell us about your some of your experiences to make you this awesome student activist and you're, I know you're studying political science and it took you a while to get there, but, but what motivated you to get into political science? Yeah, I would say, well, part of it was, and this is not necessarily everyone's journey or has to be. A lot of people, you know, from a young age knew what their interests were and were always reading books on it or asking teachers for more information. And I'll never forget being in high school when the the time came to decide between geography or history. And then you go through these course selections. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, like history, that's so boring. And politics, I'll never, I'll never be into that. <laughs> never and say never. Yeah. I'll never I mean, be a mother. So. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Never say never. Yeah. Exactly. It's funny how sometimes when you make that proclamation, maybe the universe has a way of putting you on a different path and being like, let's give this a try. Wow. Or who would have thought that this ended up working out for you? Um, so I had this amazing opportunity to live with my mother's sister, Indira, and her husband, Henning, who is a German military officer. And uh, their home base is in Berlin, Germany. And so, of course, not only you know living this European dream of bliss and food and culture and mm-hmm. travel, but being exposed to, and I mean the the history and some of the major events that have impacted not only just Germans, but they've really been um, like hallmarks for even democracy and and human rights across the world with the falling of the Berlin Wall. Mm -hmm. And so now when you drive throughout the city that's no longer divided, they'll have bricks laid across the road and pedestrians just walking across. And so the, uh, the impact that division and oppression had on on those people it was very tangible and so that in and of itself was a big mm-hmm. motivator for me to get into political science but also i uh, i had a high school boyfriend at the time who was this is also a tactic i learned into my adult years of often a way someone may persuade you and romanticize you will be showing you their own interests and then creating this rose colored glasses image of who they are because it's highlighting all of their strengths and so one of those ways was them exposing me to a debate club improvisation and politics which i ended up benefiting a lot from Mm -hmm. but i'll never forget they uh they would sometimes invalidate me and say like, I don't know why you just don't care more about this kind of stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, if you put yourself out there more or they ended up criticizing me and it's funny how 
I guess as that kind of manifested in my mind and heart as time passed on, that was almost an internal motivator to be like, no, you know what? Like I can actually be really good at this. Yes. Yeah. Whatever version of them they, of myself they had painted in their head, that's it. And it wasn't ju- to do it just in spite of them. It mm-hmm. was, well, look how far I've come despite that. Yeah. So. And, and you have come a long ways because I'm your mom and I know <laughs> and I can say that. And yes, I was at first surprised when you did say, oh, I'm going to switch to political science from business. But I knew that my sister and my brother-in-law had a big impact in the world, in the diplomatic world, the world of attaches and embassies. And yes, if I, I did not have that type of an experience, but I would imagine it would begin to make you feel a certain way. And Kelly, you were talking about coming to terms with things. And how do you guys feel about being comfortable in the shell you're in now? Because I know for me- Do you mean our me, bodies? Uh, yeah, um, like, or, or, you know, figuratively speaking, you know, like I knew I was a different person at university. The things that I'm doing now and I have done, I would never have thought about them in university, being assertive, pursuing certain careers, even thinking about them because of my ways of thinking. But having met wonderful people, women and men alike, you know, it's changed my view. So I'll start with you, Kelly. How are you feeling in your own space now that you've done, you've got a child that you never thought you would have. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. with a partner. Mm-hmm. You have a, a great also, thing. No, everyone was really surprised when I uh, got engaged too. Oh, right? really? So that was also like a, <laughs> No, I yeah. did not know yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. so there you go. Like these are things mm. we probably never envisioned, but here you are sitting with all of this. Inf- How are you feeling about that now? Uh, I, feel, I feel fantastic to tell you the truth. Yes. Um, it's wonderful to kind of just like be feel home in your body and home in your life. And it's not that you don't have stresses or uh, that these these things don't come up. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm thinking about like whenever I, I'm talking with my clients or whatever, I like I'll say it's like your life only makes sense in reverse, mm-hmm. right? It's like oh that's why that happened, oh that's why. But when you're going through it and your face and eyes into it, like mm-hmm. it's it's not clear. Yes. Um, but um, I I do I'm I'm much better now, and this is what comes with age and experience. I'm much better now at honoring my journey. Mm-hmm. and honoring myself through the journey. And motherhood definitely helped that. Mm-hmm. Motherhood helped me to realize how magnificently powerful my body was. Mm-hmm. It was also an extremely spiritual experience for me. Creating life is extremely spiritual. Right. Um, and so um, there's there's just, I feel like there's a lot of things gelling. And to tell you the truth, I never had the courage to start my business. I actually had two other businesses and logos and websites and everything already uh purchase but I didn't have the courage to go fully forward until I was a mother which was the stupidest time to do it really because I hardly have any time to but uh, I just had I, I gave I had less fears because I just had less time for less fears and also I got a little girl yes. so I got to do what everything I can to make this world as you know to mm-hmm. change it yeah. for her so I did it was my fears didn't have as much power over me mm-hmm. and it was more about like you know just action like let's just get this done yeah and you know when you said that you know who I'm thinking of what celebrity when you said no I'm thinking of Beyonce <gasps> and I'll tell well you now. <laughs> oh, well, 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 listen uh, listen we're like that okay we're our own Beyonce but I'm thinking when she had her first child and Renata, you know, keeps me informed with this too the way she felt and the album she made after her 
uh, twins. Did she not have twins or her second child? It she, was after her first child yeah. when eventually her uh, the information came to light that her husband had been cheating on her. Okay. And so it wasn't... It was a it was a journey in and of itself. I found that was really fascinating. But the album is okay. so the album powerful. Beyond, are you talking about the first visual album that she did, where um, every single video, every single song had a video? Yes, that was that, that was a life changing album yes, for me because exactly. I was actually at the exact same. It was I was at a very similar parallel. No way. And it was also that album was reclaiming her sexuality. It was the sexiest. It's still probably one of the sexiest oh albums gosh, I've yeah. ever heard of. And body love and like yes. I sneezed on the beat and the beat got sicker. <laughs> you know, like that's just so freaking Kelly. cool. Girl, you are a bad. <laughs> but I think that's the point is if you yeah. can see it, you can be it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, and she is an actual goddess. I have seen Beyonce live twice, floor, floor seats. No and way. my only regret was not paying more, more money. Because, oh. like, she is, it, it's like when you've seen a, an actual, like, uh, a manifestation of a goddess in front of you, you're like, yeah, 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 I know. And, and I mean, Renata, you can share some of the lyrics too from the album, some uh, of the so songs. I was speaking of a slightly different album. You're talking about Lemonade. Speaking okay. of the, uh, the yes. self-titled album mm. is, I remember that was the turning point for me because for years I had seen her as beautiful and, and amazing, but mm -hmm. I hadn't necessarily admired her to the point and maybe I should say wholly appreciated all of what she was totally. doing in her work. Mm -hmm. And so an unknowing person would see her as just a vivacious performer an artist and a pop star but when you pay attention to the lyrics and yes. what they mean even if it is hip-hop you know that is reflective of her journey of her mm -hmm. culture it doesn't mean it should be invalidated just because of the type of person that occupies that space of course we have these dynamics where certain genres and certain languages let's say high english versus patois or the 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 slang of which hip-hop artists speak in is mm -hmm. often seen as less intelligent mm -hmm. and so i find that also can be layered by the color of your skin the part of the world that you come from yeah. and so not only that but the way in which she identifies or defines her womanhood mm -hmm. with her self-titled album like you said when it comes to sexuality or just expression and even from one of her for, uh, previous albums, um, Who Run the World Girls. Mm -hmm. Many think that's just a repetitive, irritating song, mm -hmm. but maybe her point is to hammer home that message. Yes, yeah. And I think f for all women, what I loved about that album too, Kelly, is it appeals to everyone. Like, I mean, I was never a big uh, Beyonce fan, and I think she was with the pop group before. Uh, Destiny's, Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child. You're adorable, I, mean, I, I think. love the name. I think I, she was with, was she with Destiny's Child? Yeah, yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember them. And this is real pop stuff. And then when I saw the transition, it took me a while. You know, like you think to yourself, they're wannabes, you know, that's the first thing. But then she became more serious, and I saw her as Beyonce are you listening okay just listen up. <laughs> I, I saw her as appealing to many women black white Chinese Japanese you name it it doesn't have to be African-American and I think she knows that because of the things she is singing about and and the message she's trying to convey and Teresa like you're probably grew up with a different set of music so did, did you find certain music impactful well growing up i wasn't so much into music but i mean i can tap into the beyonce talk right now yes, yes. i want to hear everything you have to say about <laughs> yes, of no, but, well um she's she's totally an inspiration to to women and um to you know ladies girls all over the world and, and i'm happy the way she's comfortable in her own skin and mm -hmm. happy the way she um she tries to actually, like, if you hear her sing, you can technically 
be able to relate with her lyrics within our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have been through different journeys. We have been through different hard times, good times, bad times. Mm-hmm. You can definitely, you know, have, see those goosebumps. Like yes. when when she's singing, it's it feels so real. Like like it's happening like right away Absolutely. at the moment. Yeah. So um, that's something I can definitely tap into. And um, I, I, when I say she's an inspiration, is um, when I decided to go into, well, when I go into public speaking, um, I didn't know that I could do it. Okay. So, um, few times I spoke to people or spoke to, or spoke in a public place. Mm-hmm. Um, people come commending me. Oh, that was a nice pitch. Oh, you did really good. Oh, right. oh, I had goosebumps. So I was crying when you were talking. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe there's something Perfect. to do that I need to explore, you know? Yes. And that actually got me thinking until I had an opportunity to speak um, at the Arts and Culture Center some years ago on a topic titled The Challenges of an Immigrant Author and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I did that. It was really successful. It was good. And I took on public speaking. So, um, you know, I, I felt really confident. I felt really happy. Um, I felt really good um, in my own skin. Like, I didn't really care what anyone had to say or how they had to say it. It was just so real for me that it, it was happening. And that inspirational um, mode kind of uh, put me into creating inspirational timeouts mm-hmm. with Teresa Isako. And, you know, this whole thing builds into one thing leads to the other, to the other, to the other. It's like a chain reaction in your life. Absolutely. And, you know, the moment you discover what you want to be, who you want to be, what you want to do, mm-hmm. it kind of start, you know, it starts giving birth to other things that will interest you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, I developed that um, inspirational timeout, and with the help of Hands and Bob, with everyone in the radio station, I was able to, you know, have that go on air, and it was awesome. It's it's an awesome feeling, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that you're um, able to like reach out, make make people happy, reach out to those that do need someone to to love, to mm-hmm. care for, and stuff like that. I mean, we all have good and bad days, right? Well, even going back, like I met th- you through. Uh, Googling uh, authors right here in Newfoundland. Oh, you Google? Ri- you went to Google me? I went oh, to Google. no, no, that's creepy. Wow. Now. Writers, wow. Well, I was Googling the Writers Guild because we, I was looking for an author of black ancestry, be it American, Canadian, or from Africa, Caribbean, whatever country I could find. And I came across your name. Oh, so I'm that's popular, when, right? yes, yeah, oh see, God. you are, man. <laughs> we, we are badass. I'm telling you. And so I contacted you and then here we met here. You were my first guest on Black History Month last year. Ooh, and then as I'm going through the studios, here we are, the fair and beautiful <laughs> <laughs> Miss Kelly Hickey. And of course, Renat is always there. And I introduced all of us. And things, again, you were saying things are going through your mind. And then, Kelly, you and I were talking about doing a women's something. And then we said, oh, International Women's Day, ma- magic right? Magic just happens when magic you get women happens. together. Yeah, and don't yeah. even get me, we're talking about Beyonce, but don't even get me started in Cardi B. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I just, before we get off the Beyonce for one second, yes. Beyonce was a badass in a beautiful way where, do you remember when she had, uh, or uh, Sasha Fierce, so she had this alter yes. ego, Sasha Fierce. Sasha Fierce. And that's who yeah. she, she embodied Sasha Fierce to get yes. out on the, um, and even had a, a, a album uh partially titled for Sasha Fierce and then she stopped with Sasha Fierce because she said she had incorporated Sasha Fierce into her so that she didn't need that alter ego she had kind of like 
gelled, crystallized, and put all of that together. So mm-hmm. and that really meant a lot to me. And I remember actually when I was uh, working with grade nine girls, exposing them to trades and technologies uh, in one of my jobs, one of uh, these girls had massive anxiety but they like cosplay and things like that. And I, I talked to them about this, about Beyonce and Sasha Fierce. And I could see these lights going off in their head of like, you know, even Beyonce has to put on an alter ego. And so I, I think that's really kind of a powerful thing, Teresa, when you're saying everyone has bad days. There are days, and I've seen this Beyonce talk about this in, a, in an interview, there are days where Beyonce has to listen to Beyonce's music mm-hmm. to get up out of bed. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. she's like, I got to listen to my music sometimes, yes. you know? Yeah. It's just like even my own videos where I'm doing, like, and giving advice and things like that. Because when I do a video, I, I feel like I'm channeling. I don't even really remember. So I'll, like, watch. I'm like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's oh, kind of like the help yeah. that you need that yeah, you're I'll already giving. my own yeah. shows. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just yeah. to switch gears a little, we talked about Renata also with the many other fantastic things you're doing. Makeup artists mm. and fashion. So... I'm going to weigh in on this first, my beautiful women. Mm. (laughs) So fashion. Today, as you can see, I'm wearing a blazer, Mm -hmm. a beautiful pink shirt in honor of Anti-Bullying Day, Mm -hmm. and a tie. And I chose it in particular because of our topic today, Mm -hmm. because of how it makes me feel. So I'm going to ask you, Renata, fashion and being a badass, do you think what we wear on a particular day and for a particular event really gives us the energy we need to be all that we can be? Absolutely. I think um, the downside of it has been corporations and brands, of course, have used the marketing of certain body shapes and types and us being inundated with marketing it of course has an impact on our self-esteem and so of course the downside to it is feeling like we need to buy into that to be validated and be beautiful or be whatever it is that that ad or is projecting our image Mm -hmm. but what i think can be really amazing is not necessarily dressing up for another person or another group of people but doing and wearing whatever it is you feel represents your true self and that's exactly what i was getting at for me today it's how i was feeling i haven't worn this outfit in years but today i thought was the uh, perfect you can day. see it everyone uh but it's really cool it's a really cool outfit and it's pink yeah. with, with a pink multicolored it's, tie I, I, I just love gender bending in all fashions so right really cool. so teresa do you feel the same way dressing a certain way gives you that power like say when you're doing a public speaking event do you feel putting on that perfect powerful not for like renata said the people partly i guess you want to get an image but yeah maybe for an event or the part but more so what represents you and how you're feeling to give you that uh powerful being Mm. i guess well uh, technically my dressing depends on my mood Mm. how i feel if i feel very happy i dress differently yes if i feel in the middle i dress differently (laughs) (laughs) yeah if i'm not feeling very happy i kind of you know go with some kind of yeah but if i'm having public speaking i like to be as casual as i can because i don't want the whole crowd admiring looking at my 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 dress or my earrings or my necklace and not listen to what i have to say okay mm. yeah so i try to look like normal like casual mm-hmm. uh, my aim is to get out the message and have them listen 
and not get carried away with oh her her hair her, yes yeah but um technically i love dresses mm-hmm. so i love uh, i love to wear like uh flowing big dresses mm-hmm. with colorful flowered patterns mm-hmm. and i love big hair like <laughs> yes we know that bigger and the I, better I, I, <laughs> queen yes yeah. uh, so kelly how do you feel about fashion and being a badass do you think it gives you more power is communication Right. Like it's kind of that first layer of communication of when you want to enter. And so uh, once you because I've had even clients that kind of uh, almost as a rebellion of their own say, I don't care about fashion, uh, so I'm not going to care about how I look. And it's Mm -hmm. like I get that like on a level like I totally get that. It's like but you don't realize that there's so many things that you're saying that you might not necessarily want to convey about yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's an issue of like, you know, self-respect and and, um, uh, just kind of. I mean, I think of Judith Butler and my my master's in uh, gender studies and like it's gender's performance with clothes is performance. It's all performance. Right. So I, I feel like it's like, who do I, what part of my aspect, what part of my personality, what part of my mood do I want to express today? Do I want to communicate? Do I want to put off into the world? So when I was at a women's leadership conference this uh, week, you know, I, I do work from home. So like when I get an excuse to go get dressed up, I, yeah. I will, you know, but I can, I, I feel powerful in my like, you know, high heel booties and my, mm-hmm. you know, nice blouse and stuff like that. Um, but I can think back when I was in male dominated fields, I would wor- wear a lot of clothes to hide my femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but why is that? Why do you feel because you need? don't want men ogling you? Like you don't like it's legit. Admittedly, like you, I need men to men to listen to me. I was okay. I had a big job. I was the first and only woman to have the job I had at, at a, the carpenters union. There, we were like two percent women, so like literally like no women around. Mm-hmm. And I was also a lot younger, and uh, so I would never wear anything tight and uh, would never wear a dress. And that was just like literally part of um, it was the culture, right? Mm-hmm. And it was honoring the culture too. And it's like if I sure I could have worn whatever I wanted Mm -hmm. but then that would have been harder on me uh, culturally because I wouldn't have been you know seen as conforming or seen as part of this culture where guys could actually respect me and Mm -hmm. and participate but once I did leave the carpenters union I wore dresses for like six months straight yes (laughs) (laughs) but you know Kelly you you have made a valid point and I'm sure Teresa and Renata can share this too like depending on the way you're dressed you're perceived a certain way and in a male dominated uh, profession or office space you do have to watch what you're doing and in the Me Too movement I find you know women are being a little bit more carefree with that and you know men are, are most men then are watching what they're doing I mean yes there's probably still the oogling and the googling <laughs> you know speaking of googling but you know I feel the same way like I feel putting on a powerful dress for the right occasion gives me mentally and psychologically the power to do what I'm doing. Like, for instance, when I was president of uh, Canada's uh, largest Indo-Caribbean organization in Toronto, um, we celebrated Indian heritage from the Caribbean, and I was the only woman to have head that organization. And my uncle at the time was a professor in English at New York University, and he was supporting me, but there were a lot of doubters, and the organization had a lot of older men, and they wanted to continue that trend. 
which was always the case. So my uncle was more progressive and pushed for me. And here I was in my 20s. And I would hear things like, oh, she's too young. She doesn't know what she's doing. How can she run an organization like this in Canada, in Canada's biggest city? But do you know when I left that organization, that was the only time the organization was not in the red. We never heard that. <laughs> it sounds like every and, woman I know. Yeah. And also, we made inroads into, you know, like the McMichael Canadian Art Gallery to do performances at the Royal Ontario Museum, all led by a group of women, which was a subsection of the organization called the Women's Collective. And we, we had this, we formed a Women's Collective similar to what we have here with maybe 10 of us. We did a play to highlight the journey. And people loved it. Oh, my gosh, you've got to come here, come there. And that opened up the organization to different uh, sections of the community. And also in the mainstream, like the McMichael Art Gallery, the Royal Ontario Museum, um, events held at libraries that we would have never had been invited for. And then people began to see our purpose. But it took a lot to get there, a lot of doubting. And when I would dress for these occasions, I thought very carefully. So I knew in an organization like that, people from various career backgrounds came in I had to dress this way to prove my point so Teresa I know mood I agree with you too I do dress according to my moods but Renata do you see what I, I know you're young 25 years of life and I wouldn't say how much older I am than you but I'm not too bad do you see my point would you tend to agree with some of the things or you see it a little differently you millenniums. I would say my personal experience for quite a while would be one that agrees with you, but having worked with a diverse set of women, um, all of us around the same age, and also having this inherent dynamic of us being student representatives going in with university administrators. Mm -hmm. So of course, even though you know we'd like to think we're trying to level the playing field, they of course are, the, the power of the university is in their hands. And so I found when I was going into those meetings, I almost always, if I didn't have time to beat my face as they say with cosmetics, I would at least try to wear a blouse and slack of some sort and I had one of my colleagues who challenged my idea of what it thought to what I thought it meant to look powerful and assertive as a woman and so that I found I really appreciated mm -hmm. and so she actually took the approach that well yes I value what we're doing here in this room but my idea of asking for the respect of administration isn't necessarily conforming to the status quo mm -hmm. My true self is wearing my sneakers and wearing my overall jeans, mm -hmm. and I want them to earn my, I, I, instead of earning my respect, I want them to inherently respect me, because that's what I'm going in Assuming. here to do, mm -hmm. instead of trying to put on this necessarily facade. That's why uh, I love facade. young women. <laughs> yeah. and so they, I they found, could teach us a lot, right? And <laughs> so I found what was so powerful about being in that space wasn't just being around other people who were like me, mm -hmm. it was actually being around people who were so much more different in their womanhood and mm -hmm. how they went about these things. And so I found, I tried to incorporate some of that mentality into how I live my life. And so mm -hmm. for years, from working in the cosmetics industry to then being in these great positions for representing students, I had always done myself up. And it wasn't until admittedly, I went to see one of my one of my counselors and he 
and then where I were discussing about my, you know, I have ADHD, so part of that was a perception of time and how I use my and construct my time. And I was uh, tackling the idea of how I get myself ready and go about my day because it makes me feel more confident about myself, like we were discussing. Yes. And he said, please correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I recognize the dynamic. I'm a man and you're a woman. But today, here you are dressed casually, no makeup if I see, and you seem the most at ease that I've actually seen you through any of our other sessions this year. Yes. And so that was one of the aha moments mm -hmm. in my recent life that I had to take a step back and think. All this time, I told myself by doing myself up was how I was going to get not only assert power, but give the idea to others that I had it all together. Yes. And the irony is often when I went into those spaces all done up, it was a hell of a lot of hours and time behind the scenes to get myself looking the way I am. So I found that relating to what my, my colleague had mm -hmm. told me about her philosophy with dress and appearance, cult, like changed my thought process on. And for me, so my middle ground is now I'm more selective mm -hmm. with when I put that effort into someone or some other space. And I don't always need to do it. Uh -huh. Sometimes just being myself and, and bringing what I have to the table outside of my appearance is enough. And that's why I brought the question up. It's not only to highlight fashion and, oh, we like to dress, but what it really means inside. And Renata has made some very good points in you at the beginning. Teresa also brought up the mood thing. And Kelly, how you're feeling when you worked in a pretty well male-dominated field. Well, you know, we're, we're running out of time, and I know we can go on for two more hours, but we all oh, have... I can be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> we all have families, commitments, etc., etc. So we can wrap it up. I, I know we may, we're may we having such a great time. We may have another one of these great discussions in the near future, but I'll start with you, Teresa, because we... We'll end with you because we started. How do you feel or what do you think uh, women should do today to really get us into these positions of, you know, power and empowerment? So I'm just going to say for, for all the women out there, um, it's time to, it's time to wake up. It's time to <laughs> wake time up, to wake up. <laughs> yeah. It's time to step out of your comfort zone. It's right. time to tell yourself, I want to do this. I can do this and I will do it. There is no time for excuses. Time will not wait for you. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like I said at the beginning, if I had that thing in my head saying, okay, I'm just going to wait for my kids to grow up before I do something, I'm going to be old. I mean, it's it's what it is. <laughs> We're really. all going to be old, exactly. because I'm older than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I know, you know, at the beginning, it's going to be confusing. It's going to be overwhelming. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to be tiring. But all we have to do is just tell ourselves that this mm -hmm. is who you are. This is what you want to be. And this is what you want to become and just get up and just do it. Did you hear that, women? Get <laughs> up right now, Renata. What you got to say there, girl? I guess my closing remarks would be, we've often heard this quote in a different lens, and so I'm going to alter a bit. Hell hath no fury like a woman on a mission. And so... Say it again. Hell say hath no fury like a woman on a mission. Uh, the original quote is, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Mm -hmm. And so if we've had, if we've been 
distrusted or have had our heart broken or mistreated often we are on a mission to right the wrongs and put that person in their place but i see this now as when you have some sort of goal or or, or um, you know higher ambition whatever that might be and so also i want to encourage on that note that maybe womanhood doesn't always just have to be climbing the ladder mm -hmm. and achieving all of these big external accomplishments that we're talking about in um, in the public sphere, but sometimes it's just achieving your own true true identity and trueness and, and being more in tune with that. You know, So say my version of that might be looking into having a partner and kids, not necessarily for the next five to 10 years, mm -hmm. but my, uh, one of my girlfriends, she is a hijabi, married at 18, my age of 25 already has two kids. And you know what? She got out of here and got her degree before I did. And <laughs> maintained straight A's. Awesome. And she wow. says, you know, when you guys are raising your kids, she's like, I'm going to have my feet up, sipping my tea. My kids will be on exactly. and graduating. Oh, and wow. so maybe our yeah. ideas of what family looks like yeah. are different. But Absolutely. I love and respect her so much because her womanhood is so true to, to her core values. Yeah. Well said, Renata. Kelly from Strong Women. Go give I've it up. so many right. goosebumps from uh, this whole conversation yeah. um so I, I work with women a lot and so this opportunity just to talk to like what would be my message for for women mm -hmm. um honestly I can just give it a one really super super simple three word sentence that I want to communicate to every single woman out there that you want to hear you need to hear this just just let yourself receive this message you are enough you are absolutely enough. You are more than enough for everything that will ever meet you at your feet, for everything that will ever pop up that you have to deal with. You have everything you need already inside you. You don't need to look outside for validation. Get to know yourself, get to love yourself, get to honor yourself. And from that strength of being, from that strength of just connecting to your soul and your soul's calling and who you are, you have the strength to walk a path that your soul wants to walk and that courage can then come from that. So you are enough and have courage. Uh, this world it is any way you make it. You choose to be happy or otherwise. But I know, just like Teresa said, and I loved in the beginning, she's like, I know all women are strong. And what every woman who's listening to this, I know you are so strong. And I know you've been brought to your knees more times than you can even count. But each and every time you get up, you stand up, uh, you wipe your face, you blow your nose, you do whatever you have to do. Because each one of us around this table and every woman listening we have all bald and been brought to our knees and then you are better for it you know like there's that we talked about cocoon what's a cocoon for it's from a caterpillar to a butterfly that's a metamorphosis it's a transformation it's part of womanhood it's a part of our our lives it's a part of our journey um and i just want to honor uh every woman in that kind of part of that transformation because it is such a beautiful part of our whole shared existence so Look, kelly i'm gonna cry right now <laughs> Oh, you could cry, girl. <laughs> cry away. Give her a tissue, Renata. <laughs> Kelly, Teresa, and Renata, I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart for having this discussion here on Caribbean Connections and CHMR Studios, sharing our experiences with everyone, talking about what makes us whole, what doesn't make us whole. It's really been inspiring for me, as I'm sure it, it has been for our listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, let's just give ourselves a big yeah. hand here. Yeah.
check us out. Come Trauma on, Renata. <laughs> Teresa, <laughs> Renata, thank, thank you. you, thank you. I know we all have busy lives, guys, and I really want to thank you for giving up a lot to be here today. It was uh, an honor. We will yeah. probably do it again. Hey, what do you think? We can do All right, we will. So please, listeners, stay tuned. You're going to hear us awesome badass women bring to you a topic which a view from <laughs> the rock the that's the right eat your heart out whoopee and them <laughs> <laughs> this is the view from the rock you can't get better than this thank you again everybody i really appreciate it it's been a blast thank you thank you thank you i want